Welcome, everyone, to the seventh episode of the Card Subject to Change podcast. I am your host, William Kliske of the Game Changer Sports Network. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Fastlane, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. So, kicking it back to Fastlane, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. I, if I had to rate it, I'd probably rate it like probably 3.5-ish stars, maybe 3.75. A lot of the matches were good and really held my attention throughout the show, especially the um, Fatal 4-Way U.S. title match that was kind of quote-unquote impromptu. But um, <laughs> So I'm looking at the results for Fastlane right now, and the times, according to Wikipedia, are up. And the Revival Triple Threat Tag Match and the Fatal 4-Way U.S. title match, apparently they were the same exact time at 10 minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. All right. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, the kickoff show match, the one that we ended up having out of the two that were announced, was The New Day defeating Shinsuke and Rusev. And this match was... All right, a normal pre-show quality match. Nothing too much to write home about. But before that match, we had um, some intern assistant person tell Kofi that the McMahons wanted to see Kofi in their office in regards to the WWE Championship match tonight. So then we start the show... Great match to start the show. We have the Usos versus the Miz and Chain, in which the Usos retain their SmackDown tag team titles. And Shane had one big move in this match, and he intercepted a uh, frog splash. Not a frog splash, um, a Samoan splash. Correct myself there real quick. With a drop kick in replacement of his coast-to-coast. Which, that just looked amazing. And we ended up Miz doing a high-flying move to impress his dad, which resulted in them losing. But, well, good to Miz for doing a frog splash. And then we had Asuka defeating Mandy Rose. And this match was so dumb. The ending was terrible. Why was Sonya Deville getting a kendo stick from under the ring? Why wouldn't she put the apron down? The ref went to put it down. It's like, oh, wait, need it for the spot. And then Mandy doesn't even step on the apron to slip. Just like, come on. We all knew Mandy was going to lose. So I get it. Try to... um. um give her a feud with Sonya. And... Um, where am I? And that continued on SmackDown. My brain was not working for that span of like 10 seconds. But anyways, we had Asuka defeat Mandy Rose. And that spinning heel kick that Asuka hit on Mandy's face. Whew, was that devastating. Glad she didn't lose any teeth on that one. Then we cut backstage. Kofi's still waiting. He's been knocking on Vince's door. And then the New Day see it and they just barge in. And Kofi's been added to the WWE Championship match, making it a triple threat. And then that match starts now. And in my head, I'm like, why is the WWE Championship match happening third? 
So I didn't think of it immediately, but that thought, it's kind of suspicious. And I was right. Or I didn't even think it, but if I thought it, I would have been right. <laughs> and changes to a handicap match where the bar beat Kofi Kingston up for five minutes. So that's a way to get sympathy. Next up, we have The Revival defeating Aleister Black, Ricochet, Rude, and Gable in a triple threat tag team match to retain their titles. This match was pretty good. Man, I love Gable. I love Black. I love Ricochet. love Revival. And I don't know where they're going to lead with this feud. I mean, I'm cool with another triple threat tag match at Mania. But, uh, yeah. Then we had... Uh, Samoa Joe defeating Andrade, R-Truth, and Rey Mysterio to retain his United States Championship, which Andrade versus Rey was supposed to be on the kickoff, but then shenanigans backstage between Carmella, Zelina, and Samoa Joe made this a fatal four-way match, which somehow Rey got involved in because he's associated with none of those acts. I think it was just because he was facing Andrade. But anyways... That this match, match of the night, maybe? Maybe second to the WWE title match. Maybe third to the Shield match, but it was hella good. Then we had Sasha and Bailey retain against Nia and Tamina. Uh, Nia and Tamina continue to be botch fests. And moving on, Sasha and Bailey won. Um, we had Daniel Bryan defeat Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali, who was a last-minute insertion because, hey, Vince did say it was going to be a triple threat match for the WWE Championship. It just wasn't Kofi Kingston who was in the match. Yay. So when we get to SmackDown, we're going to talk about what I hope happens. But um, then we had Becky facing Charlotte, and Charlotte lost a disqualification because Ronda Rousey just came out and punched Becky in the gut when Charlotte had her in the figure four, almost the figure eight. And the one thing I hated about that ending is that the camera was at such a bad angle. You saw the moment Ronda came out from backstage and basically her whole run to the ring, which was, I don't know, made us see it coming from a mile away. Should have hit Ronda's run from us, but it is what it is. And then with the main event, we had The Shield beating Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. Uh, it was a great match, in my opinion. It really kept my attention throughout. It reminded me of The Shield of Old with Rollins jumping from the crowd to the floor. They used the kickoff show set, which was amazing. And what more can I say? Triple power bombed. I think it was McIntyre through the announce table. And then I think... Forget if they triple power on Corbin to end it, but I think they did. All right, that's gonna wrap up my fast lane review. There, I know it's like four days after fast lane. I'm gonna start either with Mania or Money in the Bank after Mania. I'm gonna start uploading pay per view reviews the day after pay per views, just so there's more to talk about. We don't have Raw and SmackDown information of what happened that kind of progresses the story maybe in a different direction than I would have thought after the pay-per-view. So starting after pay-per-views, there will be two podcasts a week. Or one po- two podcasts like every four weeks. Two. Huh. 
One podcast a week, two every four weeks. I think that makes sense. So we'll go with that. So moving on from Tara, we had the Shields farewell address to open the show. It was short and sweet. Just got into the point. He's like, hey, if this is the last time, wouldn't have it any other way. Then they let Seth Rollins take care of his business on the mic with Paul Heyman. And I enjoyed this back and forth. It was really good talking about Seth's like, oh, let me try uh, that Brock Lesnar who beat all these big guys. And then he's like, yeah, that Brock Lesnar. And then Seth's like, oh, the guy who had trouble beating AJ, the guy who trouble beating Daniel Bryan, who had trouble beating Finn Balor, almost lost to Finn Balor too. And it's just like, oh, Brock has problems with guys my stature. So we can see basically how that's going to go. And then Shelton Benjamin came out of nowhere and attacked. And I really enjoy this because of the history between Shelton Benjamin and Brock Lesnar. Went to college together and wrestled together. Used to be called the, um, what was their tag name? Tag team name. They were the Minnesota something. WWE just put it up. Uh, they were the Minnesota Stretching Crew. And so it's just kind of like an homage to the history. But they didn't really talk about it on Raw. And I, I didn't see it, but I heard they talked about it in like a WWE.com exclusive. Which isn't the right place to talk about that. But they did. So I liked that. But we had Seth Rollins defeat Shelton Benjamin in an impromptu match. And then we had Bobby Lashley regaining his t- Intercontinental Championship from Finn Balor with the help of Leo Rush, who, when Balor was going for the coup de grace, uh, Rush started ringing the ring bell. And I liked this distraction compared to when the music just hits. Because when the music just hits and you just like stare at the ramp waiting for somebody to come out, that's just like, okay, cool, you're stupid. But when they're, like, right there ringing the bell, I feel like you're even more confused. Like, the match isn't over. Why is the bell ringing? Who's ringing the bell? And then Rush was taunting Balor with the title. Balor gets hit by a spear from Lashley. End of match. And then we had Ronda come out talking about Charlotte and Becky, saying, like, oh, I'll make it a handicap match, and it'd be I'd be ashamed if I even broke a sweat. In my head, I'm like, how would a handicap match work if Becky and Ronda, or if Becky and Charlotte won? Uh, who would be the champ? Would it be like the same scenario if Kevin Owens and Jericho beat AJ at the Royal Rumble 2018? Except Charlotte and Becky hate each other, and they're not best friends like Kevin and Sammy. So that's a very confusing scenario to think about. But then we had Dana Brooke confront Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey. And this is probably the best promo of Dana Brooke's entire career. It was... You could really feel the emotion coming from her. Oh, I loved it. And then she just got murdered. Yep, Ronda Rousey murdered her. Didn't put her in the R-bar because you got to pay $60 for that. Because that's exactly how much the WWE Network costs. It costs $60. Especially for new subscribers. You gotta pay, like, more than that, you know? Like, no, Rhonda. 
No more. We're not in UFC. Pay-per-views don't cost $60 anymore. Unless you don't have the network, then why would you not get $10 a month? You get way more than just the pay-per-views and the pay-per-views. And <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, then we had Aleister Black and Ricochet defeating Rude and Gable. And, again, another great match between these four. And after the match, uh, Revival attacked Black and Ricochet. So it's probably going to lead into another direction. Probably At least maybe just the two teams. But um, following that, we had a moment of bliss where Alexa Bliss was going to announce the uh, WrestleMania host. And she announced it as um, more important than Kim Kardashian, more electrifying than The Rock, and there's something she said about the new day. I can't remember off the top of my head, I think. But in other words, she announced it as herself, which is great. We get to see Alexa Bliss multiple times during the night at WrestleMania. It's going to be amazing, except she's probably not going to have a match. And that's the only bummer in this. Hopefully she's in the women's battle royal just so we can see her. But that's probably not going to happen. Then um, Braun Strowman received a gift, gift from Colin Jost. And it was a car that looked exactly like the car from the WWE Mattel playset with Braun Strowman and a car that they released a while ago. <laughs> It's like they painted it according to what the set was, and he probably destroyed it the same way that the set falls apart. And, yeah. Car sounded hollow when he ripped out the seat. The fact that he ripped out the seat the way he did, it's just like, that seat obviously was not attached to the car. But, oh, man. I mean, it was cool seeing him. It was just like one step, the whole bumper falls off. Like, that's so realistic, WWE. Come on. Come the frick on. Um, then we had Nia Jax defeating Natalia via disqualification. Beth Phoenix attacked. Yeah, don't care. Beth Phoenix, I guess, a huge reaction as always, but yeah, who cares? Then Nia and Demi get back. They brawl with Sasha Bailey. Yeah. I don't know, these women's tag team things are throwing me off. And yet, you know what? I'm just going to say it now because I'll probably forget by the time we get this back there. Sasha and Bailey are avoiding the Iconics. The Iconics. Just, can we just put Sasha and Bailey on one SmackDown, please? One SmackDown, please. Just one. Just one SmackDown. One SmackDown. One SmackDown. They've been champs since Elimination Chamber. They've been on Raw every week. They've been on NXT and at NXT house shows, but they have yet to go to SmackDown. They are afraid of the Iconics. I don't know how many times I'm going to have to say it. Sasha and Bailey are afraid of the Iconics because they know if they face the Iconics at WrestleMania, WrestleMania 35 will become Iconic Mania 35. And they don't want that to happen, do they? No, because the Iconics are bloody brilliant and... Ugh... Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm sorry for that. That I don't know what came up with me. Iconics are amazing. 
and it should be Sasha and Bailey versus the Iconics. And I th- actually, you know what? I'm gonna change it up a little bit. They should challenge the Iconics, but they should also have to defend. Not have to defend. They should. Def- or I would like them to defend their titles at NXT Takeover too, against a tag team, pull double duty, and then the winners face the Iconics at WrestleMania. Huh? Sasha and Bailey versus the Sky Pirates, and Sasha and Bailey versus the Iconics. Imagine how much um, notoriety those titles would get if Sasha and Bailey won both those matches. Just you hear it here first, WWE. You take it, use it. Works for me. Then we had a Batista and Triple H promo, and Batista wanted a match with him at WrestleMania. He wants to retire him while retiring himself in his last match. So it was a pretty good promo. Batista's screaming at Triple H, give me what I want. Just give it to me. Give me what I want. And then, so now, they have a no-holds-barred match at WrestleMania. Moving on. We had Kurt Angle coming out saying that this is going to be his last match in his hometown of Pittsburgh and that his final wrestling match will be at WrestleMania. So, then Apollo Crews came out. He beat Apollo Crews. And what a spot for Apollo getting to face Kurt Angle in his final match in Kurt Angle's hometown. I think that's pretty cool for him. It's going to be like a cool mental thing that Apollo will have with him for the rest of his life. And in a perfect world, if I was WWE, I would so book Kurt Angle versus Chad Gable in a wrestling match. Just like, just let him go. Just imagine the technical wrestling match those two could have. But... That's in my world, in a perfect world, to bring things kind of full circle. Kurt Angle versus John Cena at WrestleMania. I don't know who would win. Maybe John Cena wins, walks off in the sunset, but John Cena's been losing recently, so have Angle win and have him get his moment at Mania to end his career. But, yeah. Then um, we had Drew McIntyre defeat Dean Ambrose in a no disqualification, no count out, false count anywhere match. And this match was set up because Roman Reigns was going to have a one-on-one match against Baron Corbin. And then McIntyre attacked him from behind, hit him with two claymores, one of which was into the LED turnbuckle post, whatever you want to call it now. But the sound it made was amazing. And it kind of shows that Roman's not 100 is weaker than he was before because he hasn't been doing a lot of things, which I like that. I think it builds Roman Reigns more as an underdog right now coming back from his cancer treatments. And, yeah, so we had Drew McIntyre defeat Dean Ambrose, and it was a hell of a no-disqualification match. They fought all over the arena. I really enjoyed it. And it ended. the match ended with... um, McIntyre hitting Dean Ambrose with a claymore when Ambrose's head was through a guardrail. No, not a guardrail. A railing down the steps towards where the commentary table is. And then Dean Ambrose came back up. He's like, yeah, I want some more. And then Drew McIntyre just hit him with a claymore again to end the show. So that was Raw. Now let's move on to SmackDown Live. SmackDown Live. Started with Shane McMahon coming out and explaining why 
he attacked the Miz at Fastlane, which I think I forgot to talk about during Fastlane, so I'll talk about it now. Um, I personally expected the Miz to attack Shane, but I had a suspicion that because the only reason that I had the suspicion is because they were in Cleveland, so that gave me some doubt that uh, Miz was going to attack, and I thought Shane was going to be the one that ended up attacking, which he did. It's cool to see kind of the roles change. Shane going into Mania as a heel instead of a babyface, and Miz being a face for the first time in which people are actually liking him and not getting Ric Flair nods with them. But, yeah. So he explained himself. He put his... Uh, he roughed up uh, Greg Hamilton like he roughed up Miz's dad at Fastlane, which is pretty cool. And then um, he um, explained that the trophy or the tag titles aren't what made him worthy of the nickname. He's the best in the world because he's born that way. And basically berated the Miz for being desperate for his father's approval. And Miz, uh, not Miz, Shane McMahon doesn't have to ask for a match at WrestleMania. He's in charge. He's like, yo, Miz, we're fighting at Mania. Accept it. So now we got Shane McMahon versus The Miz at WrestleMania. Then we had a fatal four. No, we had a eight-man tag. Hardy Boys and Alistair Black and Ricochet versus The Bar and Shinsuke and Rusev. And this match was doing pretty well. Then chaos ensued when all eight men were fighting in the ring. And then out of nowhere, here comes The New Day. Just coming out of... Well, the, the backstage area. Uh, sorry if that's not a word. The backstage area. I kind of, like, well, I don't know. But they got rid of all eight men and just beat them all up. And amazing. This is what the New Day need to be doing, I think. And, well, that leads into what happens later on tonight. And... Try to find something. Okay. So then, um, yeah. I, I never found it in my head. Next up, we had Randy Orton coming out and saying, curious why SmackDown was the house that AJ Styles built when AJ didn't start in SmackDown until 2016. Basically going through their careers, saying how AJ was fighting in bingo halls and shaking hands with his opponents for $10 in front of tel in for $10 in front of 12 people and sun tanning with Dixie Carter in Florida, which I loved the name drop. It was really cool to hear. And then AJ came out and basically saying Randy Orton had babysitter. And he's like, you wouldn't make it in my world in the indies doing things like this while doing the Randy Orton pose and a knockoff diamond cutter. And then Randy Orton's like, oh, you're telling me that you're, you and your indie friends never ripped anything off while doing the click sign, the too sweet. And <laughs> that was the greatest thing. 
uh, this promo was so good. And then Randy Orton, since before AJ came, was like, this is the house that, Rand- house that Randy Orton built. And then he's just like, I'm the landlord, and rents do you, son of a beep. Keeping it PG. But you, you know what word he said. You know what word he said. And that line made me go hard. Not made me pop hard. I marked out for that line. <laughs> Jesus, that was an annoying laugh. I'm so sorry. But I really marked out for that line. And then we had Asuka defeating Sonya Deville. And I don't know what Mandy was doing with Abram, but basically forced Sonya to trip and fall again. And then Mandy walked away from Sonya. Then we got the Iconics on the screen. We got the Iconics. Iconic! And they're talking about how Bailey and Sasha have been dodging them. They're at SmackDown every week. They even watch their match at Fastlane, at Fastlane. But still no confrontation from Sasha and Bailey to the Iconics. So this just concludes my point that Sasha and Bailey are scared of the Iconics. Just saying. Sasha and Bailey are scared of the Iconics. I don't need to rant about that anymore. Then we had um, Becky Lynch and Charlotte going back and forth with insults. And I don't remember what happened at the end of this segment. I guess it just ended saying how... um, Charlotte saying she's been on top for four years and how Becky Lynch is basically the one who brought the main event for the women. Or Becky said she's the one who brought the main event for the women because Charlotte hasn't done anything in those four years. And they don't need the queen, but they need the man. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was all for this match, a.k.a. Becky and Ronda main eventing WrestleMania 35. But every week, or I read a tweet the other day, that everything that has happened between Rhonda, Becky, and Charlotte in regards to the WrestleMania match has all happened in 40 days. Becky Lynch has been suspended twice for a combined 90 days, unsuspended twice, had a shot at the title at Fastlane against Charlotte, but then it became... Basically, if she wins, she's in the match. She's been injured. She won the Royal Rumble. She confronted Ronda. She's been replaced. She back and forth between Charlotte. Got in the match again. Now it's a triple threat. It's just like all that in 40 days. That's like what? Six weeks of TV? No. Yeah, it's like six weeks of TV. Two shows a week. So 12 shows. It all happened in 12 shows. And they weren't even on all shows. So. So. As I was saying. That I was all for. This match mania main eventing. When it was Becky versus Ronda. But after all this. After the inclusion of Charlotte. I To be completely honest with you. Every week that this has been going on, I haven't been feeling this as the main event match. Just based on how hot Kofi Kingston's been getting, and we'll talk about him, if he's able to be, 
uh, earn his opportunity next week. I really want him versus Daniel Bryan to main event. I'm sorry. I just want him and Bryan to main event now. As much as I hate to say it, the women deserve it so much. But, I don't know, the story is so convoluted. It's taken so many different turns in such a short amount of time. It's been throwing me off. It's just the same three people for months on end now. And, I don't know. Story's getting blander and blander. There's not really much. If WrestleMania was three weeks ago, main event, easy. Easy. But it wasn't still four weeks away. Don't Three and a half now. 25. No, it was 20, 24 days until, until WrestleMania. And I'm not feeling this is the main event. And then we, uh, so following up, we had Rey Mysterio and R-Truth defeating Samoa Joe and Andrade with Rey getting the pinfall victory, pinning Samoa Joe. So we'll ultimately see where that goes with WrestleMania fast approaching. And now I'm cool with another Fatal 4-Way. I wanted a Rey versus Andrade, hair versus mask match, but I don't... With three weeks till Mania, I don't see them building another one-on-one match for these two. So, toss a ladder in it and make it, and maybe toss somebody else in. Ray, Truth, Samojo, Andrade. Then maybe throw in somebody like, um, I'm trying to think of who's on SmackDown. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Probably just the four. I got nobody else. Oh, throw in Mustafa Ali. Just throw in Mustafa Ali. And maybe Kevin Owens, too. Let's go. Six-man ladder match for the U.S. title. And then after that, we had Daniel Bryan and Rowan defeat Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali. It was a great, good match. Kevin Owens almost decapitated himself at the corner of the announce table. That would have sucked since he just came back. But um, nothing you can really do. And, yeah, Owens and... Mustafa Ali lost. Sorry, I said Owens and I confused myself. I meant Brian and Rowan won. Sorry about that. <laughs> Just off my... Brain's not working. And then after that match, we had Mr. McMahon come out. And... Following... Um, and the New Day came out. Talking about how Kofi Kingston... Deserves, has earned, been screwed out of title match... And Kofi just goes on saying, he's like, all I want is an opportunity. Give me an opportunity. So that's exactly what Vince McMahon does. Vince McMahon gives Kofi Kingston an opportunity. Next week, all he has to do is beat Randy Orton and Samoa Joe and Sheamus and Cesaro and Rowan in a gauntlet match. Now with this gauntlet match, I could see AJ getting involved with Randy one of the R Truth, Andrade, or Ray, or all getting involved with Samoa Joe. I can see uh, Usos, maybe, the rest of the New Day getting involved with the bar. Probably the rest of the New Day getting involved with the bar. And in my perfect world, I would have Kevin Owens helping Kofi Kingston get his title match against Rowan. Or against Daniel Bryan by helping him against Rowan on SmackDown. That's just my perfect world. So, hope, and I would not be against if this was 
the only thing on SmackDown next week. Just have Kofi Kingston go for like two hours. I don't know how anybody else would feel about that. Just the one match to the whole show. But yeah. So that was SmackDown Live. And now we're going to move on to NXT. Oh, and before I talk about it, Hall of Fame induction. I'm not that big on the hug, or at least watching the Hall of Fame. I, it's more of like a background noise thing kind of to listen to the stories, kind of like a podcast. But we they announced that the Harlem Heat will be going into the Hall of Fame, which will put Booker T as a two-time Hall of Famer alongside Ric Flair and also going in this year to become a two-time Hall of Famer, Shawn Michaels. For a while, Ric Flair was the only the two-time Hall of Famer, and they made it sound like such a big deal. And now we're getting two more of them in this one Hall of Fame class alone. So I feel like this is a start for more people to become two-time Hall of Famers as tag team and solo careers. Hint, hint, Edge and Christian to get Christian to Hall of Fame because I don't know if they'll ever induct him by himself, which I still think they should. But that's that for the Hall of Fame. And now we have NXT, which we had two core semifinal we had two semifinal matches for the Dusty Rhodes Titan Classic and a number one contenders match. We had the Forgotten Sons defeat Mustache Mountain in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic semifinals. And this outcome makes sense to me since Mustache Mountain are primarily NXT UK brand t- team now. Um I feel like they're just another name to put on the list of teams in the tournament. However good they are, I just didn't see them making winning or making it to the finals in the tournament. And then we had Io Shirai and Bianca Belair have a number one contendership match in which nobody won with Shannon Baszler attacked. Technically, Io Shirai would have won because she attacked her first. But Kyrie Sane came out. And then at the end of the day, Shannon Baszler had choked out all three of them, saying that none of them are good enough for her, basically. And Kathy Kelly had to inform her, or Shayna Baszler, that because of this assault, that she'll be defending her women's title at NXT TakeOver New York in a fatal four-way match against Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kairi Sane. And that match is going to be, insert fire emoji here, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a barn burner. And then to close the show, we had Ricochet and Aleister Black defeating DIY in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And I liked this on mult on so many reasons for so many reasons. Gargano and Champa brought back their DIY gear. Amazing. Alistair Black and Ricochet versus DIY just in general. Amazing. All four of these people, amazing. Callbacks to prior events with the ending. Amazing. Gargano faked an, a knee injury. Or Gargano injured his knee in the match, quote unquote. And um, Ciampa ended up losing the match for the team and then Candice LeRae came out to check on Johnny Ciampa and Candice were helping him get up the ramp and then Johnny falls Ciampa helps pick him up and then Ciampa tries to throw him into LED board and Gargano stomps to stop it perfectly on his injured quote unquote knee so game plan set up perfectly from Gargano Gargano had a stare off with Chamba for a split second in the throwing pose. And then Gargano just reversed it, threw Chamba into the LED board, and 
and super kicked him. Now, obviously, with this move, we would have had Gargano and Ciampa at TakeOver New York. But as we know from last week, Ciampa had neck surgery. So he had to vacate his title, or we assume he had to vacate his title. We haven't seen what happens next week or with the new set of tapings yet. But we'll see what happens with the NXT title come <coughs> come NXT TakeOver New York within the next coming weeks. And, yeah. So, thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. And although the amount of times I forgot what I was going to say or whatnot. But if you did, I really hope you rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, rate and review. You don't subscribe. Right? No, you do subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. The Spotify link is now up. I'm, I'll am i have the links on the social media pages. And the Google Play is under review. So as soon as that's up, I'll post that on the social media pages. Twitter and Instagram at CSTCPod. And... Twitter and Instagram at William Kliske is where you can find me. That's Kliske, K-L-I-S-K-E-Y. And you can follow... Uh, I already said that. You can follow the show's accounts at CSDC Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm trying to keep up with those. I'm not doing very well with posting regularly on them, but it, I'll get better as time goes on. I'm getting more used to timing and everything. And then... Check out the Game Changer Sports Network at GameChangerSportsNetwork.com and on Facebook at Game Changer Sports Network. And just remember, the card is always subject to change. <laughs>